In Genesis chapter 22, Abraham's sacrifice of his son, Isaac, mirrors God's sacrifice of his only son, Jesus. And we see this in the request that God makes of Abraham. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. And it's just like the most famous scripture in Christianity, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So the sacrifice here is of an only son whom you love. But in addition to that, the parallels between Isaac and Jesus are that both sons were sons of promise. They were long prophesied, long foretold and miraculously conceived. For Abraham, he was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born, but it had been promised to him that this son would be his offspring and would allow him to be the father of many nations with descendants outnumbering the stars of the sky. But it was physically impossible for him to have such a child because both he and his wife, Sarah, were well beyond the age of con of conception. They were unable to have a child in the same way that Mary is promised that she will be pregnant with a son, but it's physically impossible for her because she is a virgin. And so God miraculously intervenes and these firstborn promised sons come um, to life. Then Abraham in verse 6 took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And this is a foreshadowing of Jesus carrying the wood of his cross, which is captured in John chapter 19, um, which we see in verse 17, carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. So both of these promised miraculously conceived firstborn and only sons carry the wood up a mountain or a hill to the place of the sacrifice. It's heavy with imagery that long foreshadows all the way in Genesis, the crucifixion that will take place. So what's fascinating is also Isaac's obedience to Abraham as well. He queries in um, verse 7, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. Jesus has to really trust God in the same way. He is obedient even to death on a cross and we see his struggle as he prays before being crucified and allowing himself to be resurrected but he needed to gain that strength to trust in God and head into an outcome that didn't seem to make sense but to just trust and obey his father so they went both of them together as it says in verse 8 now Abraham's right because later on in verse 13, Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So God does provide that lamb, and Abraham names that place in verse 14, the Lord will provide. So God does provide that lamb, but it's very clear in this imagery here 
that he took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So there's a substitution and atonement here on behalf of us by Jesus in that he is sacrificed in our place to atone for our sins and he takes death on him and the wrath of God on him in our place. So the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. So that foreshadowing is also present in the story of Abraham and Isaac. But equally, we also see the resurrection being foretold. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, it says, By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. In John 3.16, it talks about God not desiring that anyone should perish, but instead allowing us all to have access to eternal life. He doesn't want to see destruction and so he sends us his only son to rescue us, to save us. And he doesn't desire for Isaac to perish. So he stops Abraham from sacrificing his son and provides a substitute in the person of Jesus. And Abraham here experiences his son not dying. And in the same way, Jesus is resurrected. He enables us to have eternal life. He enables us to live and not die. That victory is really foreshadowed in this story's happy ending that Jesus is obedient to death on a cross and yet that Lamb of God is elevated to God's right hand and wins for us eternal life he defeats death and wins for us eternal life and that's the good news in as early as genesis chapter 22 in a random story about abraham and his son isaac it would have just been you know one or two days and yet here we see thousands of years in advance the greatest story ever told a faithful promise for us to look forward to and that us as Christians now can enjoy. The most important thing I was ever told about understanding how to read the Bible was that the Bible is a complete picture of everything that we need to know about the person and the work of Jesus. And that's so important because in many ways sometimes the Bible is dissected into a group of stories, into a group of biblical heroes, into a collection of rules, into a historical text, into a self-help book, because there's so many practical pieces of wisdom that are in this story. And of course, it is those things. Um, all scripture is God-breathed, it's useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking and training in righteousness. But 
to do those things only and not to look at Jesus throughout scripture is to essentially miss the point. The nexus between the Old Testament and the New Testament is the person of Jesus. Jesus is central to and the culmination of the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is essentially the real point of all of scripture. And so I'm really excited about looking through all of scripture with Jesus as the central part of every story, of every piece of text and trying to learn more about him through scripture itself. And that's what we're going to do here in this series. On the road to Emmaus, after Jesus has been crucified and in fact resurrected, Jesus himself walks up alongside some very downcast disciples. And there is a really fascinating line in Luke chapter 24 verse 27, in which he says, um, in which it says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So essentially he takes from beginning to end all the scriptures that talk about Jesus. And that's a sermon you want to hear for sure. And that is something that I hope we can have a look through and learn more about Jesus in this particular series.